have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we are in 2 Samuel chapter 16, and, and uh, Shimei is, he sees David, and he just wants to show out. <laughs> You're going to have people in your life that know your past, and when they see you on the way down, they want to celebrate, you know, but sometimes to them, you could be a very evil person. David, a man after God's own heart. Shimei didn't have anything kind to say to David. Nothing kind at all. And sometimes people won't have anything kind to say to us. Uh, but, but God. But God. And we have to remember who we are. Okay? We, ain't, we haven't been perfect. And even though we're walking with the Lord, we're not perfect. So stop trying to live this life that's so perfect in front of people because it ain't going to work, all right? We need to be who we are, and God declares us to be righteous and perfect. Just be yourself. We, I know that it's customary to wear suits and to look really good and come before the Lord, but it's too hot. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> it's too hot in our life. <laughs> they try to come up here shaking and wearing masks. We better just come as we are. Because the righteous, people can't see our righteousness because the Lord declares us to be righteous. And I believe that when people look at us, when the angels look at us, we look dressed up. We look like we got a new robe on. We look like we wearing Versace and Gucci. <laughs> but we dressed in Nike and Adidas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we wear natural clothes, but I believe the Lord makes us look totally different. When, when those demons look at us, they say, no, nah, that's a child of the king. I see the robe. I see the way they look, you know. I may not have a haircut, but the demon looks, it looks like I got a haircut. It looks like I got hair, like flowing locks. <laughs> so, amen. Well, let's read a little bit, and we're going to just look at it. I think we'll go to Psalms 51 because we want to look at something there. And, uh, but we're just really going to focus on here because um, of Shimei and Shimei's thought process and David's thought process. Amen. amen. So beginning at verse 5, this is when King David came to Bahurim, and hopefully I pronounced these names right. Behold, there came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and all the servants of, the king, uh, of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus says Shimei when he cursed, come out, come out, you bloody man, you man of Belial. The Lord has returned upon you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead you have reigned. And the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, thy son. And behold, you are taken in thy mischief, because you are a bloody man. Then said Ab uh, uh, Abishai, the son of Zariah, um, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take his head off. And the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zuriah? So let him curse, because the Lord has said unto him, Curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore have you done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look upon my affliction and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. 
And as David and his men went by the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and cast dust. And the king and all the people that were with him came weary and refreshed themselves there. Amen. So we know uh, a lot of the life of David and we have been back and forth through some of David's life. And uh, we know David's history uh, just like we know our own history. People may not know our own story, but we know our own story. And I don't want my story publicized like David's. And I know you don't either. You don't need nobody publicizing your story where people can go back and read it. And then they looking at you halfway crazy. But David was a man of war. But God raised David up to be a man of war. We know Jesus to be the Lamb of God, but also he is the Lion of Judah. And when you begin to read further in the book of Samuel, when you get to chapter 17, verse 10, and uh, they're trying to give Absalom counsel against his father, one of the men rises up in verse 10 and said, you know that your father is valiant, whose heart is as the heart of a lion. And uh, that's the way that that man described Absalom. You know, it's full of himself. But that man told him, you better be careful with your father. <laughs> Don't let nobody pump your head up. Uh, your father has killed giants. Your father has killed a lion and a bear. <laughs> Don't play with your daddy. You understand what I'm saying? That's what he's trying. Absalom, now your daddy is just walking away. But uh, your daddy throw hands. All right? <laughs> if anybody threw hands. In the kingdom of God, you better check Samson, all right? You better check David, because those brothers didn't play with you. But David's in a different place in his life, because David, in Psalms 51, and let's turn over there real quick to get just a glimpse of David, because David did some things in his life that, uh, that he's not going to be proud of, just like you and I. It's not the things we did before Christ. It's the things that we have done after we've been saved <laughs> that kind of get on our nerves. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It's not the things that we did before Christ. It's the things that we have done after we have come to know the Lord that bother us. When we look at Psalms 51, I know it's always accredited to uh, David because of what he did with Bathsheba and, um, and how he caused her husband to be in a position where her husband would die. And the Lord knew that David, sometimes you ain't built for certain things. All of us, we're not built for certain things. And uh, to take somebody that's, that's maybe, uh, uh, that does websites for the army, <laughs> you know, he's the website guy, okay? He, that's all he does. He just creates websites and helps people get recruited. And if you move that guy to the front line where now he's in the front of the army, he, he ain't got no training for that. <laughs> he's trying to do a website at the front of the army. <laughs> well, he need, to be, he need to be fired, okay? He don't know how to fire the weapon. He and his hands ain't built for that. He got nice, smooth hands because he's been typing his whole life. But you move him to the front, and uh, you know he's going to die, right? Now, you could sit there. Now, nobody knew that but David. Nobody knew that but David and David sometimes we think we get away with stuff but in that message of David and Bathsheba David didn't get away with his murderous plot 
Because even though David was miles away from Uriah when Uriah died, God knew that David placed Uriah in a situation where Uriah didn't stand a chance and he died so David could marry his wife and cover up the scheme that was going on in his life. Y'all hear what I'm saying? David smart. Don't think David ain't smart. That wasn't the Holy Spirit that was whispering in David's ear that day. Okay, that was that was David was smart, and he knew that he had to cover things up. And Uriah was a righteous man, so that's one of the first times that David was accused of being a bloody man, because there's blood on his hands and it was exposed. and uh, And sometimes it ain't the first time that somebody ever called us an adulterer. Sometimes it ain't the first time that somebody called us a thief. Sometimes it's not the first time that somebody said that we don't honor our father and mother. Sometimes it's the first time that somebody doesn't say that we don't covet or we're not a talebearer, and all those other things that are written in scripture. Um, sometimes it's not the first time, but this gentleman named Shimei can't stand David because he believes that David stole the throne from Saul, who is his brother which we know that he didn't steal the throne. But the things that happened in David's personal life prepared him for this moment. And I'm telling you that some of the things that happened in your personal life that nobody knows about is preparing you for the moment that you're going to find yourself in because you're known like David for throwing hands. You're known for cussing folks out. You're known from, you know what I'm saying? You, you about that life. But my prayer today for each and every one of us that something happens on the inside of us. Is, and listen, God chastens those he loves. He could have just left David alone because David didn't say nothing and Bathsheba didn't say nothing. Bathsheba had no business having her behind out there like she did. But that's a whole nother different message. <laughs> One that's seldom preached in the world. <laughs> Everybody want to take care of their baby girl. Sometimes you got to tell your baby girl, get your behind in the house. Amen. All right. But anyway, let's move forward. But we have to remember. We have to remember when. We have to remember who we are. And as believers, I'm telling you, we can't forget the moments when we looked so foolish and nobody knows those moments but us. And, and just because nobody knew about David's sin doesn't give David the right to act like he's so holy. Like, uh, remember Judah, David's great, 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 great grandpop. When nobody knew about his sin, oh, he was the baddest man on the block, wasn't he? But when his sin was exposed, he had to confess to everybody that, that was talking about this young lady that she was more righteous than they are. Today, us as men and women who call ourselves the children of God, we need to be reminded of his grace and his mercy that is on our life because he hasn't exposed us he exposed David. He exposed Judah so that they can get to a place that David writes in Psalms 51. 
it's a place where David says here, and it's a familiar passage of scripture. We could probably read that once a day and it'll describe our day. Because <laughs> sometimes you have to put people in check. <laughs> Especially if you work in customer service, sometimes you got to, y'all know what I'm saying. If you've ever been in customer service, sometimes you got to put not only customers, but your employees in check too, okay? So Psalms 51 at any time can be used at 6 p.m. when you're about to get off work, like, okay? Have mercy upon me. <laughs> y'all know what I'm saying is real. Some of y'all that have to go down to the Social Security office, when you leave out of there, say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. Because <laughs> them people behind that counter act like they need some act right. People at the bank sometimes need some act right. When you go shopping, don't go to Walmart. Because when you leave out of there, you say, Lord, they, they challenge my reputation. Because, you know, they be in there showing out. But have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. When we start to look and examine David's life, David, I believe, is walking now at the end of Psalms 51, okay, in verse 17. It says here, the sacrifices, the sac this is David saying the sacrifices, real sacrifices. We don't, we don't cut up little lambs anymore, okay? We ain't out there just killing bulls and goats in the backyard no more. That ain't happening. We're not the meat locker, okay? The sacrifices today for you and I, it says here, are a broken spirit, Sometimes you've got to break that animal. You know, they break horses because it's so high strung. But once you break that horse, not break the horse to destroy the horse, but you break the horse so that the horse can be used, whether to ride or to work. And it, it actually makes the animal more tame. And the an animal now could just go about. You ain't got to put, put nothing on the animal. The animal just does what it's supposed to, what it's designed to do. He says that, a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. He loves when you and I reach a place in our life when somebody is talking noise to us that we don't come out of character no more. We got to remember who we are. Everybody doesn't know our story and you don't need to go around and tell everybody your story. We don't need war stories because when you've been broken by God, you keep your mouth shut. And regardless of what anybody is doing in your life, you're looking unto Jesus. You're not taking your eyes off the prize. You hear me? Paul says, I press towards the mark. There's a mark that God has set in any situation that we find ourselves in, there's a mark, there's a bull's eye. And you got to keep your eye on the bull's eye. I don't care if you're, if you're a marksman and you're shooting in a competition. You can't be looking at the crowd while you're shooting at a bull's eye. If you're an archer and, you're, and you find yourself in a contest, you can't be looking around and laughing and joking and checking your phone when it's your time to shoot. We have to stay focused. We got to stay focused in our life and we reach a place as we've walked with the Lord for a while that you and I, when the trials of life come up, God has taught you and I to stay focused. And this is a trial for David. This is an easy win for David. Because David's man says, do you mind if I go up and take his head off? Sometimes in your life, listen, God will put an easy win in front of you. Somebody that you know that, you know, you can... 
look good on World Star with. Okay? They feel me on Facebook and people are like, boy, that boy, that boy put the work on him. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's easy work for you. David didn't lose a step when Absalom, his son, was talking noise. David hasn't lost a step. When you start to read chapter 17, one of Absalom's advisors who saw David in battle, saw you in battle, saw you in your day, says, hey, man, I wouldn't try, Dad. That ain't one you, I don't know if you know his resume or not, but I'll give you his resume. And your daddy fought lions and bears. We're not even talking about Goliath. We are talking about lions and bears. And I'm telling you, I'm not trying to go to Africa. Now, a lot of people are going back to Africa on the movement. But I'm not running into no lion. I'm not out there on a jog or I'm riding a little bike. <laughs> and then here comes Simba from the Lion King. And I'm hoping that it's Disney. Is that Disney or is that a real lion? I'm telling you right now, it ain't going to happen to me. I'm cool right here dealing with cats and dogs, like little cats that I might get scratched. And I say, get out of here. And I get scratched, but I'm still living. Those other lions that you're dealing with that David fought, I ain't about that life. <laughs> okay? I'm not. A, sometimes, listen, stop trying to put yourself in harm's way. Stop trying to put, listen, Goliath put himself in harm's way when he came against the armies of the living God. David, listen, we learn, even though we throw hands, not to put ourselves in harm's way. We keep our eyes on the prize. But David starts off Psalms 51. He says, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me, Lord Father, according to your loving kindness. The multitude of your tender mercies. He says, blot out my transgressions. He says, the people will not ever blot out your transgressions. It used to be David, the 10,000, like I tell you all the time. And now it's David, the one with Bathsheba. They're always going to call you that. But don't worry about that. Don't worry about the name. David's not worried about the names anymore that anybody is calling him. He is worried about his position with God. That's the only thing that matters. Nothing really matters. Anyone can see. The only thing that matters to me is my position. David said, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Long before John wrote the book of Revelation, when Jesus shows up on the scene and says, I'll move your candlestick. David said, please, man. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse two says, wash me thoroughly. Verse three says, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. When Listen, we have to come to a point to where when we get on our knees, listen, we know we're forgiven, but we also know who we are. I don't start talking to people like I don't know what it is not to make a mistake. I know what it is to make a mistake and have folks talk about me. So when people I hear that you've made a mistake, I make it a point not to open my mouth up about you. You know, that's that's the opposite side of the coin. It's easy for me, like Sister Sheila was talking this morning, to get involved with the gossip. But it's so hard for me to remember my own transgressions and make sure that I keep my mouth off of you. A gossiper doesn't understand who they are. 
A tail bearer doesn't understand. They've never been through nothing in their life. They've never made any mistakes. You know, they, they're that person that did it all right their whole life. But a believer in here, the word says that repentance and remission of sins should be preached throughout the whole earth. And if we claim to be believers, to let the record be true that we repented from our sins. Okay? That we repented. To repent means that we said, I'll never do it again. And David today is telling uh, his, his teammate, one of the men that walked with him and fought with him. And listen, David never asked these men to come and stand with them. God put it upon these men's heart to come alongside of David. David didn't ask nobody to join him. The only covenant that he made was with Jonathan. He never made a covenant with these other men. So when he turns to that man that says, let me go up and take his head off. He says, who, who am I? What do I, what, do, what do I have to do with you? How did you get here in the first place? And if the Holy Spirit knitted you to me, then go talk to the Holy Spirit about taking somebody's head off because I'm not asking you to do nothing for me. God had anointed David king over Israel. God did that through Samuel. And when God has anointed you for something, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody because it's already been proven to God. Amen. David talks about against God and God only have I sinned and done this evil in his sight. That you might be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge me. When that young man, he said, God sent Shimei out here to remind me of who I am. It may be offensive to the people that are standing on your left and on your right. But when you are walking in the anointed sometimes, when God's hand is on your life, you reach a place where you love your enemies. Because sometimes God is using your enemies to check us, to see where we're at. Where is our heart at today when people begin to talk noise to us? Have we reached a place to where we say, you know what? Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not even mad no more. That horse has been broken to where God can use that horse. That's, that's something like a lot of times, man, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to break horses. And some of us are some stallions, man. I'm telling you right now, we refuse. We were bred to be, refuse to be broken. But one day, you and I, God is going to have to break us. God is going to have to get us to a place where we shut our mouth up. And even though people are talking trash, our eyes are on the prize. We are on a mission. Our life, we gave it to the Lord. We can't keep taking it back. When we're children. You can't be an Indian giver. I give you something. I'll come back and take it back. Hey, that ain't how it works. If you gave the Lord your heart, then let the Lord try your heart. David's heart is being tried by Simei. There's mighty men there that have slayed giants. There are mighty men there whose sword had it seemed like it bonded with their hand. Remember that? And that man was killing hundreds. Who is this little dude coming out this house talking noise? David said, hold your sword. Because the Lord is just checking my heart. He ain't checking yours. He's checking my heart to see where I am at. And I don't have a problem with that. God loves a what? Broken. And also God loves a broken and contrite heart. He loves a broken 
spirit. And listen, I know that sometimes when somebody says, you broken, it makes us feel like less than. But when we're standing in the presence of God and God says that you are broken, it's a sign of strength. When it seems like we're weak, we really are strong. The Lord says you are stronger than you think now because you've allowed me to break you. The Most High God says, I'm breaking you not to hurt you. I'm breaking you so that I can use you because God needs laborers. David confesses in verse 5 his iniquity and sin. He said, I was born in that. That's how I was born. And my, my grandfather threw hands, my grandmother threw hands, everybody in the neighborhood threw hands. And if I didn't fight, they would call me a punk. Verse 6, that David says, all you want is the truth inside of me, Lord. <clears throat> Purge me with hyssop. You know, they would, in, in the Passover, they would take that hyssop branch and they would dip it in the blood and apply it to the doorpost. So David is saying, apply your blood and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. The bones which you have broke. I may rejoice. He says, hide your face from my sins and my iniquities. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me. This place right here in verse 12 is what you and I need. It happens over here. In 2 Samuel chapter 16, it happens. Sometimes we don't see it, but it happens. We go back over there. You're going to see where God restored unto me the joy of my salvation, of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. David begins to teach his men. Then I'll teach transgressors your ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood. What? Guiltness, O God. When the people start to talk about us, they want to remind us of our sins, the things that we have done. We ain't here to deny anything. And we ain't here to talk about it either. That ain't for us to hold conversations and try to prove anything with anybody. We keep our eyes on the prize. David said, deliver me. Because see, when, you, when, you, when, you're, when, you're, when guilt comes over you, that ain't from God. You hear me? God, ain't, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We remember where we came from. But when condemnation sets into our hearts, it stops us from praying. It stops us from being used by God because we just stay home. We don't want to go out nowhere. And that thing controls us. But when God delivers us from condemnation, when God delivers us and, and forgives us of our sins, he teaches us in that moment and it becomes a broken and contrite heart. Amen? He says, deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation. Then I could sing. Then I could sow forth your praise. Because you desires, you desire not sacrifice, else would I give it. You don't want burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Let's go back over to 2 Samuel, chapter 16. 
Verse 10, David. The king said, what have I to do with you, sons of Zuriai? Let him curse, because the Lord has said unto him, curse David. Can you imagine that? When you get to a place in your life, when I get to a place in my life where I'm broken, people are going to talk about us, and it's going to be the truth. I'm sorry it is. But that that what they're saying doesn't control us anymore. The people around you will be like, man, that person ran it off at the mouth. And the old you, because you can't put new wine in old wineskin. God can't pour his spirit out in, in that old person that you and I were. We loved our war stories. We brag on the things we do, but then say, blessed be the name of the Lord. No, that, that has to go. When we begin to tell our children and our grandchildren, I was wrong that day. I did wrong. And I expect you not to do what I've done. We begin to tell them that it's wrong to cuss folks out. It's wrong to throw hands. That's not God's will. And I was wrong that day. We begin to confess to our family how wrong we were. That's a good place. And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, behold, this is what's going on in David's life right now. David's son wants the throne from his own loins. David, if you remember, when God anointed him king over Israel, he kept Saul's name out of his mouth. He didn't do anything to negatively impact the throne of Saul. Do you know that? Sometimes you ever see people want the position uh, that's, that somebody else has at the job and they campaign through the job and they kick somebody's back door in. You know, Thomas don't never show up to work anyway. I don't know why they got him supervising. I make a better supervisor than Thomas. And Thomas, you know, he lazy. They talk about Thomas so bad that people begin to believe the testimony of what they're saying about Thomas. But David is sitting here saying, you know what, man? I ain't do nothing to Saul. I'm not the one that anoints. I'm not the one that, listen, promotion comes from God and not man. Stop shining up in people's faces. Whatever is for a man, a man shall get or a woman shall get. You don't have to kick nobody's back door in. You ain't got to talk about nobody. You ain't got to campaign like you some politician. The politicians get up there on national television and talk about each other and their families and their wives and everything else. That's not what we do. If you don't have nothing good to say, don't say what? And we all know that. So when you find those words coming out your mouth, you need to back up off it because promotion comes from God and not man. David says, you know what? I'm not even thinking about that dude over there. He can talk about my past all he wants to. He can call me out of his name all he wants to. The problem today, everybody, the problem that is on my heart today. He said, behold, my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeks my life. How does that happen? David said, the problem that I have today is that my own child. Is seeking my life. How much more this Benjamite, 
Let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has bidden him. Listen, that Benjamite Shimei can't do nothing with David's life but throw stones. And the people that are talking noise to you, the only thing they can do is talk noise. They definitely don't want to come in your face or they wouldn't be up on the hill throwing stones. Because they know who you are. And they're calling you a bloody man, not because you drank Bloody Marys. You known for killing folks. Ask the bears out there in the wilderness what David did. They say, no. well, you know what? Remember the demon said, uh, Peter I know, Jesus I know, Paul I know. But who is you? That's what demons say. The bears will say, you know what? Hey, Jesus I know because <laughs> he created me. David I know because he killed my homeboy, the grizzly. But we ain't got your resume on killing nobody, Shimei. We ain't worried about you. We ain't thinking, you ain't known on the block for nothing but running and hiding behind your little door and calling everybody names. You the little dog on the porch, but if that gate come open, I'm telling you right now, we gonna whoop you behind. All right. All you are is the little puppy on the porch barking. You know what? And what you say, a little puppy, is true. You know that? What you say, a little puppy, is true. But listen, y'all, I ain't got time for puppies. I fight bears and lions and giants. Let a giant, if that was a giant, I bet you David would have took his head off. That's what Shimei, uh, not Shimei, but the young man is, is reminding David. He said, do you want me to go up and take his head off? Because David, you're known for taking folks' heads off. That's what he's telling him. David, David you took Goliath's head off. I'll go up and take this little dude's head off right here. <laughs> I know he ain't a giant, but I, I know your reputation. That's what Denzel said in training, that King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Y'all heard what I'm saying? Stop wasting your time with them little poodles on the porch, but the poodle on the porch is correct. (laughs) And ain't like the little poodle's line. He talking big noise, ain't he? You got to laugh at the little poodle and say, you know what, if I had a treat, I'd throw it because what you're saying is true, Mr. Poodle. (laughs) Poodle talking big noise, though, ain't he? David says something so profound here to his companion. He said, maybe... See, we don't understand affliction. Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon his shoulders. He took it all for you and I. And David is revealing something to you and I that when we have a a broken heart and a, a broken and contrite spirit where we can be used by God, when God could now use us to go places and usually they would have to put binders on horses where they can't see what's going on the left or right to make them go. But now he can take those off because you're focused now. It's hard because you and I ain't focused right now. But when God gets us to a place where we can focus, he got David to a place where David's even more focused than he was when he battled Goliath because he understands the mysteries of God right now. He says here in verse 12, he says, it may be that the Lord will look on my affliction now. I'm the person that's being afflicted now. I realized through my life that I was the one afflicting pain on others. 
And God blessed them. Today, now I'm the one being afflicted. I learned through Uriah when I wanted Uriah to go sleep with his wife to end the nightmare that he stayed at the gate. He never went and took pleasure with his wife because the other men weren't having pleasure. Uriah was more righteous than David. You know that? Sometimes you run into other people that are more righteous than you and I. They're not going to do what you and I do. Even though we may look at as that man or that woman that's got it all together. Like Judah was looked at like he was the person that had it all together. But come to find out he didn't have it all together. What he did in private now was exposed to the whole world. And the whole world was like, shut your mouth, Judah. Yeah, they were ready to stone his daughter. Remember that? They were ready to kill his daughter-in-law. But why didn't they kill Judah? Somebody needed to die for that, didn't they? They was ready to kill. They had everybody in a frenzy. And Judah just said, you know what? She is more righteous than I am. David is telling everybody that I need to be more righteous today. And that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. We need to love our enemies. We need to pray for those that are trying to talk about us and talk, talk behind our back. And it, sometimes it could be our children. Sometimes it could be our mama. Sometimes it could be our daddy. Some of us live in houses and we watch people talk about people every day. And you know when you leave the room, they're talking about you. It's a hard place to grow up in. Verse 13, and as David and his men went by the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against them and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and cast dust. But when you are in a place with God, it says God will prepare a table in the midst of your enemies. You just have blocked your enemies out. And you say, Lord, you know what I need is I'm resting in you. David, listen, in verse 14 it says, and the king... And David the king and all the people that were with him, they came weary and they refreshed themselves there. With this dude right here throwing rocks at them and calling them out their name, the Lord did visit David and everybody that was with him. And in the midst of this man talking noise, they set down camp right there and rested and were restored. What is that? How did that happen? How did that happen? Because when you're in a place where you don't forget where you came from, when you're in a place where you know who you are, but more important is when you know who God is. You hear me? When you're in a place where you know who you are, and more importantly, David knew who God is. And he said, maybe through this little incident right here with this minute person in my life, God will bless me. And David was weary and broken because of his son seeking his life. But David found rest right there in the midst of his affliction. And I'm telling you that you and I, when the people are pursuing us and talking about us and laughing at us, and rightly so, there's a peace that passes all understanding in the midst of the storm 
because if you know who you are and you know who God is, this is something to remember. Because you're going to listen, as the Lord lets you keep on living day to day, he's going to bring you to this place where David is at. Where you're going to be able to, even in school, you young people, when you get a relationship with the Lord and people are running their mouth at school and that's an easy win, you say, you know what they say is right. I can go on home and enjoy myself, enjoy my day. Because maybe the Lord will bless me today when he sees my heart that I'm not responding to the enemy. When I'm not responding no more to Satan, because Satan uses us like a puppet. He begins to push all of our buttons. And next thing you know, we come all unwind and we look like even more of an idiot. But when you and I can sit back and kick our feet up and begin to stay focused, because God is trying to use us to save somebody else's life. That's the sweet place that we need to be at. That's the sweet place that we need to be. So right here in the midst of these little testimonies of David and his men, we find such a little sweet story in there. You know that? Don't forget where you came from. And don't forget who God is. He's the Lord our God who brought us out of the land of Egypt and out of the yoke of bondage. We will have no other God but him. We're not going to serve our flesh and we're not going to serve the devil and start fighting people. It ain't going to happen. We're going to learn to worship because that's what we're here for. Just like the last song that we sung. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. And here I am to say that I'm yours. Amen. Amen. Come on, everybody standing.